so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. It's a new episode of Ho Ho Hong Kong. I'm your host, Mohamed Magdi. And pausing here, just waiting for you to uh, uh, realize that there is no other host. And probably from the title of the episode, you know, I have a very special guest. I will not even go into any Hong Kong news this week. I'm very excited to have him back. Andy Curtin is back, everybody. What's up, dude? Hey, man. How is it going? Yeah, you're like, hey, do you want to be a guest on my podcast? I was like... Your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're like inviting people to be like stay at the houses that they used, that they built. <laughs> this is kind of like the KFK. I'm like you filmed your special on the stage that you built. Yeah, it's gonna be like after they took it away from after me. After they took it away from and you, and they were like, they invited me back. That's exactly it. They were like, would you like to come back to do a show? And I'm like. I will burn this place down. <laughs> I think you said that on the special too. Yeah. Like, I want to burn this place down, which is awesome. And it's they changed <laughs> the name to GOAT, oh. which is one of those examples of when a non-native English speaker thinks, this will sound cool in English. <laughs> and as an English speaker, you're like, that sounds terrible. Yeah, that sounds kind of retarded. You called a comedy club GOAT. <laughs> and also like for other Chinese people, they don't know what it stands for. Well, I, I, the word goat, like the, the uh, what do you call it? Not anagram. I, oh, I, my God. Are you asking me like about an... Uh, like this is a, how bad my brain is Dude, I can't even think of the word of like, you know, the other meanings of one word. Yeah. I'm not, I don't even know what that word is. Definition? No, no, not definition. <laughs> like, you know, when you have like one word and you're like, want to find similar words. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you're asking me about that, but I don't know what that word is. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so anyway, it's a, it's an anagram for whatever the word, the, the letters spell the word. Go. Yeah. Everyone, that 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 is really true. That's one of those things that people clicked onto it. Like sports fans, like basketball fans in China, right. love that that Michael Jordan is called the goat. Right. And that's what they were going for. Yeah. But English speakers, unless you're talking about an athlete, yeah, that's not our first association with the word goat. It sounds like a farm animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very strange that they went with this name. But also now, like we catch up with our friends in Shanghai, and yep. there are like comedy clubs in shopping malls now. Isn't yeah. it crazy? What's well, all? Yeah, it's predominantly Chinese language. They're just of get, course, yeah, they're getting back into the English now. Yeah. I mean, they're also giving, like, uh, just to catch up a little bit on the mainland scene, they're also giving now, like, artist visas to, like, for, like foreign acts. But I don't know who's going to go. They're asking. Yeah. Let's see if it happens. Right. I've heard many examples of people saying things have, things are opening up again. Yeah. You know what I haven't seen? Yeah. Things in, opening in up. <laughs> seven years yeah. out of Shanghai yeah. or China. Is things opening up? Right. I've heard lots of people say things are opening up. I've right. seen no actual. Well, the domestic I mean, market I mean, is open, right? You could right? say they opened up yeah. from COVID. Right. Right. That's like the absolute bare minimum <laughs> level. Like we stopped welding people in their apartments. That's, right. That's the that's their peak 
Opening up yeah. is uh, preventing ju- people from being imprisoned. <laughs> also, just so you guys know, this is this episode came out after Andy had already left Hong Kong, recording a couple of hours before he flies on his request. He's like, I'm going to tell you all. Moments <laughs> before I was arrested. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's keep it there. I, you know, I still live here. <laughs> it, you know what's interesting, actually, is how the temperature has changed. Mm. Because I remember living in mainland China and coming down to Hong Kong and being shocked at how comics would talk about stuff. Yes. That we weren't allowed to talk about. Yeah. And I was visibly uncomfortable just even listening to it. Mm. And and even some of the material that I was doing close to, to leaving, I knew it was... You yeah, know, getting on, there. Getting on, there yeah. at the time. And then last night we were at a show and someone mentioned the Communist Party and yeah. they were visiting comic. Uh, and man, did you feel that room cool oh, off? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, te- he said to me afterwards, he was like, wow, they really cooled off when I mentioned that. And did he didn't he, say anything Did he bad. run it past His, uh, you or anyone? Well, he didn't say that he was going to mention the CCP, but the joke was about, all the joke was about yes. was that the fact that in the Hong Kong and the mainland, they drive on the opposite side of the road. Yes, yes. That's all it was it's, about. It's, it's a silly, it, like, yeah. It was funny because it was so innocuous, but even even mentioning it in such a minor way, people were like... Yeah, people tensed up. People were like, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Just... Just and he, I think he acknowledged it. I think he might have said something about like... He, like, he, he told me. I didn't yeah. ask him. He came up to me afterwards and was like... We're talking about Jim Gaffigan, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. y- you might know him from either Netflix or a prison in Western China. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, my friend uh, visiting from Shanghai was at the show. And as soon as... Because he opened with that, right? Yeah. And she went, whoa! Like, visit, like loudly next to me went, whoa! It's <laughs> like she just didn't expect it. That's funny. Yeah, you imagine yeah. like Tiananmen Square. <laughs> guy standing in front of the... Tri- tri- the t- guy standing in front of the tank. Yeah. And someone's like off to the side going whoa <laughs> hey buddy yeah, yeah. Take it seems, easy there. that seems a little unsafe <laughs> so uh, i have a list of a few things in my head number one your podcast with uh, perry caprinaris is very amusing we're not allowed to say our full name uh all right your podcast with uh, perry the hot model is very amusing i didn't notice that she was attractive actually. Uh, yeah yeah i know yeah uh, um, you're always looking at them thank you <laughs> it's very different also because obviously we've been friends for many years and worked together and all of that your your format of the podcast you have done are, have always been kind of similar to this one we're doing right now yes in shanghai and here and this one with uh perry you went a completely different route yeah i mean yeah it was it was i guess i guess the genesis of it was that I, I wanted to get back in the game. I feel like, I don't know. I, I, I really believe then when you're making stuff, you have to really be drawn to it. You know, I get a feeling like I feel like I need to do something. And I was really feeling it about po- podcasts. You know, it was really in my mind. And she had a podcast mm. about The Simpsons. Uh, which I love. Yeah. The Simpsons, not our terrible podcast. <laughs> um, no, but, and I just, you know, we had a good vibe. I was like, I think we could make something pretty cool. So we, I sat down, I was like, look, here, X, Y, and Z, here's what I think we can do. But I didn't have any ideas. Mm. She actually, the podcast was her idea. The, the, really? The, the, the format of it. Yeah. 
So we so basically just people who don't know what the podcast is. Like, what's the format? The format is essentially we take gossip about our friends and mm. make it like headline news. Right. But it's fun. Like we'll pick a topic. You know, it'll be like office romance, and then we just get our friends and uh, people that listen to the podcast to send us in stories, and we're just like, here's and it's anonymous. So yeah. Mostly, because when we didn't do it anonymously, we got into a lot of trouble. Yeah, which is a separate story. <laughs> yes, um, we will. We'll get to that as well because you did. You guys did make the news, including the Telegraph, the, the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail, <laughs> 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 with your faces on the like. It's yeah. like not even like they played our TikTok video on the Daily Mail. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to all of that. But okay, keep going. Though. How do people find it? Uh, uh, what is know, it called? I mean, it's on Apple. It's called This One Friend. This One Friend. We're, we're talking stories about our one friends. Mm. Uh, and it's on, you know, Apple's Spotify, Yeah, okay, you'll find it, you guys will find it in show notes as well. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really digging it. We, we I think we have a good thing going. And I'm just, you know, enjoying making stuff. All right, so let's get to Muffgate. So, <laughs> yeah, so... We were doing. I I didn't want to do one about celebrities. By the way, right? She wanted because to do one about in your line of work. It's a little dangerous. It's a little dangerous because I know which is something I message you about. I'm like, dude, this can like, and you're like, oh no, we don't work in the same sphere. You well, and, yeah. yeah, but I, but but my stories, I didn't give any names. Yes, yes, because I could lose my job. Sure. Um. So. Anyway, she told this story about her friend dating Zach Efron and that he used to she used to drive him he used to drive her nuts by going down in her way too much. Right. You know, real problem. Yeah. I know, huge. Hot, Not familiar hot, with it hot at girl all. Girl problems. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so I mean, no one was listening to the podcast. It's also crazy how like a model talking about another model banging Zach Galifianakis. Uh, Zach Efron. Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> that's not a model. That's <laughs> a farm animal. <laughs> but like, I want to talk about another model banging Zach Efron. It's like so. You might as well be for me. You might as well be talking about aliens. Those people are so. I'm so disconnected from that word. Oh yeah. I mean. It's it, like, I'm disconnected from having sex. <laughs> so yeah. every element of it was otherworldly. Exactly. Um, so okay, so yeah, she mentioned it on the podcast. No one was listening at the time. It's like an early episode, right? Yeah, and, and I so I go back and make these like 15-second clips mm. to go on social media. And, and we just started doing it. I, I really didn't put a lot of thought into it. And I was like, oh, this could be an interesting clip. We put it on and it went absolutely mental well here's the thing that i didn't realize i now know is that mm -hmm. when you put a video on tiktok uh in my experience is they they you really don't know if it's going to hit or not right it, it's the algorithm doesn't actually choose the best stuff to push mm. it just chooses some stuff to push which i guess given its popularity it's the gambling nature of the of the app right like that you were like put stuff it's out just, just and you the, just keep chucking it, like just to how the algorithm selects stuff isn't necessarily on how good it is yes a and mm. b it doesn't go nuts when you put it up Mm. So you'll put it up and it might sit there for a few days and then suddenly you look at your phone and like, oh my God. Right. And it went nuts. I don't know. I got 700,000 views or something. And dude, I've had like, I got a taxi the other day and I, the taxi driver's like, ah, so you're on TikTok. What? I was at work and the CFO goes, are you on TikTok? <laughs> Does he say it in a judgmental way given like all of your faces like white beard? He's I was like, like no, yeah. it's another guy that looks exactly like my completely unique yeah. facial features. So you think that the Daily Mail picked it up from TikTok, not the other way around? Well, they... Like how did so it get to the Daily Perry, Mail? Perry knows a bit more about this than I do. Yeah. 
but I mean, we hashtag. Unfortunately, we, she blocked me after I sent her way too many messages, so I will never get her side mate, of the story. Mate, we don't call messages. Dick pics aren't messages. <laughs> they're technically messages. You're like they're just. It's like you use the uh, you know brackets and stuff to just yeah. draw a penis. <laughs> yeah, like a calculator message. with it says boob. Yeah, eight oh oh eight one eight five. So anyway, yeah, like. We hashtagged his name. Okay. So that she thinks that's what sure. got attention okay. to it. Anyway, it, I'm at work. It goes bananas. Yeah. She sends me a message like, oh my God, we're in the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail quoted me saying, calling him Zach Muffron. <laughs> that's my favorite part. It's in the Daily Mail. Yeah. The Daily Mail ends up writing another article. He ends up responding. <laughs> Um, and then it goes everywhere. It was in German. We found it. People were just sending us different languages around the world of it, it, where it had been covered. It was in Chinese. It was right. in... Because uh, yeah, I guess the news... Is it the Hungarian? The, oh, my God. Uh, it was, I guess the way the news works now is that like you... Like one story is on Daily Mail or whatever. And then every other news yeah, outlet I mean, if, around I mean, the world well, just copies the story, right? If they think that it would work, yeah. Sure. It, for, I mean, it's so weird. You're like... I mean, I guess it's interesting, but you just... You don't know like how it could get that interesting. Yeah. I didn't think it would be that interesting. I mean, it's it's an interesting anecdote. Is it 750,000 views worth? I saw I comments know. on like whatever on the Daily Mail or somewhere else. Like people also like mocking them for publishing the story in the first like A lot like, of people thought we were like, how dare you talk about someone else's sex life? Yeah. I'm like, lady. I don't know what world you're living in, yeah. but that is the world we live in. Yeah. Celebrity sex lives. Also, have you read the Daily Mail? Open season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he responded. What did he say? Uh, he it, There was a very famous radio host in Australia that, yeah. that had talked about it a couple of times, and he defended Zach saying that's what a good man does. Right. And he was just thanking him for backing him up. Oh, okay. So he didn't like he didn't like shame you guys. Like he, didn't, he wasn't mad. It's, it didn't sound like he was mad. No. About like you guys talking about he, it. He wasn't denying it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you were in the same like a couple of days after you're in, the, in a party with like he was in the same building. Well, so I was running a show, and then it is so weird. Like the day this happened, the next day, no, it was the same day. Yeah. <laughs> I get a VIP list for a show that I'm running, and he was living in he's living in Melbourne shooting right. a movie. Yeah. And he's coming to the show that I'm supposed to. Is be it at. a muff movie? Yeah, it's called Dirt Bike Bangers. <laughs> no, I, and, and then I was just like, I've, I've kind of distinguished, distinguished, distinctive facial yeah. hair. So, like, if you saw a video of me, you, you, your probability of you recognizing me again is, is, is yeah not low. And I was like, oh, man, this is really going to blow up in my face. But yeah. it just, but fortunately, I, I had to go and do another show that night. Yeah. But, but all my colleagues hung out with him. Oh my god! And, and did, it wasn't brought up. I guess like was it still new? Did he no, talk they didn't about bring it back? No, no. Oh. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the celebrities are at parties. Most people aren't really talking to them. Right. They're just kind of there in the corner. In or their whatever. sphere. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. That's yeah. been my experience with it anyway. Yeah. Um, they're avoiding me, avoiding my <laughs> eye contact, and they certainly are not paying attention to the fact that I'm masturbating furiously. No. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then it happened again. I did a, a show with Andrew Santino at yeah. a comedy club in Melbourne and he's in the movie and they came to that as well. Oh, Zach Efron showed up again? Yeah. Oh my God. But still no contact with him? No. Well, I, I just happened to be out of town again. Yeah. So, um, so whatever. I mean, it was, it was exciting. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, it just is just fascinating how something as random can blow up completely. But you know, but also, as you said, can ruin your career. Yeah, but what's nuts is like, I mean, that did really well. But then we did another video that was just about doing a very minor prank in a high school, and it did like twice as well. Damn. I mean, you just never know. I mean, yeah, yeah, TikTok, TikTok's a real enigma. I mean, you're talking about TikTok in Hong Kong. It's like, I might as well be talking about, you know. Well, what's funny is. I think the way they block it is to do with the numbers that you register them with. Mm. And also you can't download it from the app store. Sure. Because yeah. I have a foreign number and I have TikTok on my phone and it works fine. Yeah, we're recording in Hong Kong and it's still working. Yeah. But you have an Australian phone number. I think that makes sense. Like because as far as I understand, TikTok pulled out. It wasn't like it wasn't kicked out. They pulled out when they tightened the censorship. Or when they ask them to share so data ironic, or whatever. Right? It's very weird. I think that's a bit it, of smoke. I think that's like, a bit of smoke and mirrors. Yeah. I think that I agree. Because and the reason being is that listen, I use TikTok, but if you think TikTok isn't a tool of the Chinese government, you're absolutely kidding yourself. Right. And they don't want it in the mainland. They're converting Hong Kong into the mainland. So what a, what an easy out for them. Mm. You know? Yeah. TikTok because they want it TikTok to be able to continue. Yeah. In the West. And it might not. You know, I really think TikTok... I mean, that hearing was pretty wild as well. I didn't watch it. But yeah. but, but, I, but I think the chances of surviving mm. are not great. I mean, but it's also the most downloaded app in the world, isn't it? I don't know. I yeah. Don't for, know. I mean, for, for something this big to just like not make it, it's crazy. Mm, well, it's like... But look at the temperature of the world, you know. Look at the, the thing that people are realizing is how much data is getting collected on us and how that actually affects us and then you're like do we trust this you know tyrannical government with it it's like you know most people if not a lot of people say no to that yeah yeah that's true uh switching gears a bit you have also like if i look at or if someone who doesn't know you very well looks at your instagram it looks like you are one of these guys who just hangs out with celebrities the whole time no. It's pretty wild. No, I go to sleep at night. <laughs> I definitely yeah. have at least eight hours a night where I'm not just bathing myself in <laughs> celebrities. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, just recently, you were with, like, Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, all of these guys. Like, obviously, this is part of your work. But, yes. like, do you... Like, what is it like partying with people at this stature? Uh, you know... Because those every, guys are big. Like, Dave Chappelle, I guess, is, like, a big party guy, every, right? Yeah, so is Kevin. The, yeah. I mean, everyone's like, you know, I choose my words carefully. Mm. Um, the the thing that stands out about those two in particular mm. is that no matter how, no matter how controlled the environment is, no matter how much it's full of people that do see them regularly, everybody in their orbit, like if they're in the room, wants their attention or wants a little bit of them. Yeah, and it's not the funnest. In dynamic. Right. You know. Because you just don't want to be another one of those guys. Yeah. Who, yeah. yeah. Mm. And, you know, I mean, opportunity, like they, they're both very generous and very nice. Like they'll come over and talk, but like, you don't want to bother them. Everyone, you're looking across the room and seeing everyone bothering them. Right. Right. You know, so it's, that is, I, I think like a really dominant characteristic of it. Um, and, and what I found is that you, they, my experience has been that if you, it tends to be a like later into the tour. Yeah. They're like cats. Yeah. You know, they just come out eventually. Well, they're like, yeah. oh, this guy's been here a while. Yeah. 
you know, whereas in the beginning, you're just like another. And, and actually, I've done both of those guys before yeah. years ago, but I, I mean, I don't know. That, that, anyway, that's been my experience of it. Yeah. Right now, there's also the Melbourne Comedy Festival. You're involved in that as well. Yes. Yeah. So what is that like? Because I was looking at the schedule for recording and it's like, I think it's like, what's something like 700 shows every night? It's like- Not every night. Yeah. No, I think- like, it, I think Monday is off, but like, I mean, average, yeah. It's no, like no, no, no. Cra- I, I think number. across the festival, that yeah. they might have like 1,200 shows. Wow. Okay. So even higher than what I thought. Oh, I thought you were saying every day. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Every night. No, yeah. Every, like throughout the day, like the total number, right? It's not 700 a day. It's 1,200 across a month. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Like, but not the, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the show count. I'm talking about the number of shows. Like, is overall. That, that's the same thing. Is it? Show count and number of shows. <laughs> All right, Andy. It's very early in the morning. Just give me a break. <laughs> Synonyms is the S- word. That's the word. <laughs> there we go. We got there. So okay. They're not synonyms because they're not words. They're phrases you know they're more than one word you're completely losing me here yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if we have one apple yes and in another apple and i start throwing apples at you mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so <laughs> the, f- the festival this is like something this big how are you navigating working like because you run a lot of shows and you manage artists as well yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not running the festival. Yeah, I know that. Right. So yeah. you're, but you're running shows for your work and Yeah, no, nobody's running the whole festival. Mm. There's there's the festival group which is like a non-profit organization that have run it for decades and mm. decades and decades. I think it's the longest running arts festival in the world or it's is something it? like that. Yeah, it's, okay. it's 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 been around for for literally decades. Mm. Um, and then they have, so they will run some shows, but mostly they're running venues that other people run their shows in Okay. and you rent from them. Yeah. Right. So you have what's called a festival managed venue and then there's just other venues around town. And then there's people who apply to be part of the festival, even though they're not in a festival managed venue or doing anything really with the festival at all. Right. But they still register to be part of it. Um, so there's just sort of lots of little pockets of stuff doing yeah go, going on and then for us like we are i work as a promoter and a manager so our participation is we have 10 acts as part of the festival right and then you're you're helping them execute a successful festival ideally wow and do you get to attend the shows like often or yeah you go to a lot of shows yeah um and, and it's great. And it's really cool because like when you do comedy, when you're, when you work in standup, you realize that comedy clubs are a lot of the same. Mm, yeah. And comedy festivals, you know, you see some, you can see some bad stuff, but you, you, it's a different, like people have a lot more flexibility to do something that's way out there. Yeah. You know, they tend to just, you, people just have a room for an hour and they can do whatever they want. Right. Like I saw one show and it won the best, the Edinburgh Fringe and they brought it out and the, the guy, he he was running on a treadmill for an hour being chased on a projector by a, a gorilla. Right. Um, was he talking? No. What? And it was really funny. Are you serious? Yeah. That's wild. And the whole thing so it's was... Like, it's like, yeah, as you said, the way out there, like very experimental almost. Yeah, exactly. But, but you start to see how people can be funny in different ways and it yeah. gives you ideas. I really like when artists of any kind can watch a different style of art, even if it's only adjacently different, and get new ideas. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I was listening to maybe Bill Burr or someone who was talking on the podcast about how like it was so restrictive at some point for stand-up. Everything that is not standing there, like a Ronnie Dangerfield style, everything that is not standing there and talking was considered hack. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're waving your arms like this, describing something that's hack. Oh, you're like, you know, all, and he's like, why? Like, but it's the same thing, like that resistance in the beginning and everything. And then after that, it's just accepted. But, but you kind of get into like this idea of innovative thinking. Yeah. You know, how is it hack? I mean, what is hack? Hack is that it's derivative. It's just like the guy's old, like, you know, the guys are like, wouldn't be flexible enough. Well, to- hack is literally, yeah. well, f- well, figuratively, but, mm. but the expression means hacked to mm. death. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Right. It's, it's so derivative. It's been done so many times. Yeah. So, when he says, oh, everything feels like it's hack, it's like, yeah, because what you know is what's known. Exactly. And you don't know what hasn't been done yet. Yeah. And that's the only thing that's not hack is the stuff that's new, yeah. that's innovative, and it's really hard to do it and do it well. It's hard to come up with new ideas, and some people are just good at it. You know, some people really are good at channeling. You know, I mean, like think about like Drew Freilich that we worked with. Yeah. He just had a mind for drawing in different ways of thinking about stuff. And and how much did you learn watching him? Yeah. Yeah, you learned just not to be... Uh, for me personally, I learned not to be afraid. Yeah. You know, I would be afraid I of him... I learned to be afraid. That's what I got. <laughs> I learned to be afraid of him throwing bread at me during his act. Yeah. That yeah. I'm afraid of. But yeah. not afraid of taking risks while, while on stage. Like, I, I'm very, you know almost careful sometimes like too I, I, careful. Feel, I feel very con- i feel very i mean i don't do stand up anymore but yeah. I, but i would feel so i it's like it's not even that i was afraid it's like i didn't know where to go right right yeah drew I'm would just like, go I'm there like, and see like, what he'd, happened. he'd walk out and start throwing bread at the audience yeah i would say i like i'm never gonna think about doing that right right mostly because it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> um so what is, like, given also your work as art in artist management, what is new, exciting talent that you people, you can tell our audience about that people would not know? Like, you know, you can talk about, obviously, the big, really big acts, Dave Chappelle or whatever, but, like, there's a lot of younger guys that m- people might not know about and would like to discover. Yeah, Who I mean, can we follow? Like, who's really exciting for you? Uh, there's a guy in Australia called Guy Montgomery. He, he's a New Zealander, actually. Mm. Uh, he's represented by a friend of mine, which is not why I like him, but he... he Live Nation promotes him, I should say, but mm. he's just so funny. Mm. He's just got a way about him, you know. He's got a, his whole vernacular, his word choice. His, he's just a funny dude. And uh, anyone out of Asia? You obviously you run the Asian. I mean, Jason well. Leong, who I represent, is yeah. just. I mean, people probably know him, but he's 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 better than he's ever been. He's got a new hour this year, and it's better yeah. than his hour last year, which was very good. And he has a Netflix special, two, I think, two two Netflix specials. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, Shang Wang, who we know, we had him yeah. in Shanghai. He he released a Netflix special last yeah, year. Yeah, sweet and juicy, and very it was good. one of the best I've seen. Agreed. In you know, I think. I think since Shane Gillis, it was the best special I'd seen. Yeah, I mean, I would put it up there. I agree. Um, uh, so actually, you mentioned earlier we're recording the day after Jim Gaffigan in Hong Kong. What was that your your impression of the show? Oh, uh, Gaffigan is so good. You know, you talk about a someone that's just prolific and knows their voice and knows how to, you know. I mean, this idea of art is like taking the observed and then, you know, repurposing it. And he's just a machine. Like his brain is this like a supercomputer that just 
digests everything. There's a couple of mixed metaphors in there, but it's really exciting to be around him because he'll talk to you about his ideas as he gets them. Yeah. And then he'll take them on stage and you're like, that's, oh yeah, yeah, and I think everyone I know that's hung out with him around shows has had that moment. Yeah, where they realized while he was on stage, oh, he was writing material. Yeah, I thought we were talking, <laughs> and yeah. he was writing material. Yeah, because he'll go on stage with the stuff that you've talked about. Yeah, and it's and make it super brilliant stand up material. Did I, he did like ten minutes, so maybe not ten minutes, maybe like five minutes on four floors of whores. In Singapore, yeah, and it was yeah because you were on tour just for the context. You were this the Hong Kong show was the last step, what last leg of his Asia tour, which was Manila, Singapore, and Hong Kong. Correct. And uh, yeah, okay. So, do you, what do you remember of his Singapore material? I, I mean, I, I don't I, imagine this are any spoilers because I don't think that will be on on no, any no, I mean, platform. He's, he's fine. Yeah. I, one of his, he, the, I remember the last time he was there, he did a joke about Singapore. He was like, he goes, Singapore is a place where Chinese, Malay, and Indian come together and pretend to speak English. <laughs> 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 it's such a simple observation. So yeah, simple. Yeah, right? that's, I think that's his genius. It's like I haven't like obviously he has a lot of complex, like like. Uh, Execution, but yeah, he had one about Thailand where he was like, "Man, the food just so good." He's like, "But you know, maybe instead of making you know and your ninth papaya salad, maybe build some infrastructure, (laughs) (laughs) maybe put a few stop signs in." (laughs) Um, He's like. I I've, the the last show I've always been a fan of him uh, him like even before starting to 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 be in the in the business so much but this show is like and he has done media about it too so I don't think I'm giving too much away it's called Dark Pale and that's come out on Amazon yeah it was, this this it was show funny, is dude. so much like. To me, at least, like I've always been really, he's always been really funny, but he's always been like observational, if you want to put it like that, in, in a genre. But this one is dark. What did he say? Like all the people working in Starbucks, he goes, Starbucks is just an upmarket unemployment office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, you see the guy's like, can you remove your fax machine? <laughs> but like the, the the writing tone is pretty dark. And uh, what what he attributes is like, oh, you know, we're all go- like it's stuck in COVID, and he was like, kind of like, you know, you go insane or whatever. But the writing on it, like that, you know, he has the, has a whole chunk on like funerals and how he would like to die. Fantastic. He has a whole bit about strippers, like like him being in love with a stripper. That was very funny. It's just like he took it to a whole other level of of funny. Uh, very exciting. So, what do you have coming up? Uh, I mean, the comedy festival oh, kicks off this week. And oh, I don't care about that. I'm saying about the artists coming to Asia. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm not doing too much to be honest with mm. you. It's 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 a very difficult time to to promote stuff in Asia at the moment. People are feeling the economic pinch. Mm. You know, ex- expats are, have always been an important foundation for selling English language comedy tickets in pretty much every market in Asia, and the. You know, save for maybe Singapore, I don't know, but all of them have had this just mass exodus. Really? I mean, you're talking about expats or, or investments or both? Expats. Okay. Right? And they're kind of the bedrock of your audience when you're building a comedy scene out here. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, and the, this economic uncertainty, there's too much content coming through. There's so much stuff coming through every market. Right. 
right? Like people are going and seeing stadium level international acts like mm. all the time. K-pop, it's just all the time. Like people are blowing their money on expensive tickets, and and, it's and you ha- think that would affect stand up? I think it affects all live entertainment, right? Because people would just lean towards the bigger, like the more established. People have a finite amount of disposable income, and, yeah. And and in an environment where, you know, governments are putting their interest rates up, people mm. have less disposable income. You know, so and you're really seeing it like like New Zealand's being hit really hard, and it's tough to sell tickets in New Zealand. Really? Moment. Yeah. Even the with the, given the proximity, like when big artists come to Australia, they do New Zealand as well. But like the market is like you sell way less in New Zealand on average. It's it's you know you you have a, a, an idea in your head of like if Melbourne's this big, then Auckland will be this big, and Christchurch will be this big. Yeah. And it's it's that 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 model is breaking down a bit. Wow. And, and, and we're seeing like more price resistance. Mm. You know, people are less willing. But but it, it's kind of schizophrenic because at the same time, for the acts that are just a guaranteed sell, yeah, there people will pay anything to go. Right. Like so you're Ed talking Sheeran, about Ed yeah. Sheeran did two hundred eight thousand tickets in Melbourne. Oh my god. Yeah. What's and the like, population of Melbourne? Like three million or something? Seven, I think. Seven, okay. It's, it's still a big city. Yeah, I mean, it's still like a. But I wasn't suggesting they had everyone. <laughs> yeah, classic person, like, oh yeah, two hundred thousand people. Is that is that all the Australian population yeah. plus one hundred ninety thousand people? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's still a pretty big even percentage of the population to see one artist. Well, I mean, it's just the ticket prices are high. It's amazing that there's that many people out there that are like, yep, we'll put the money down. Wow. Uh, yeah, same for, I guess, like people like Taylor Swift and, and like Beyonce or whatever. Like you can just keep they're not ins- They're not ins- on sale in this part of the world yet, but uh, Harry Styles was. Yeah. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else are the big ones that, that have come through, but there's just been, it's been a lot. To, uh, coming oh, and back. K-pop is crazy. In, in Australia? Yeah. Really? Dude, K-pop I is... I mean, I know K-pop is K-pop is crazy everywhere. Huh. It's massive. Is it just like it's young people? Bank Arena yeah. in Sydney. Mm. The arena to put shows on. Yeah. They had Stray Kids. You ever heard of them? Nope. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Never heard the words. They broke yeah. the per head merch record in Kudos Bank Arena by $20. What? They just... They sold so much, and do you know what they do? Do you know this? The, the K-pop shows, a, a lot of them, if not most of them, they sell lights. Mm. These lights that you hold up, yeah, yeah, and you connect them to your phone with an app, and when their their music oh, that's controls cool. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so, actually re- that's genius. Whoever came up with that, brilliant, that's brilliant because it's such a simple, like it's like cheap, right? Like yeah. it's not that expensive. Uh, yeah, that it's like you know. You take the whole, like, holding your lighter up from the 70s, the whole other yeah. level. That's really cool. We want Chilly Willy. <laughs> now it's like, it's a whole different thing. Damn, it's coming back to Hong Kong a bit. Uh, you, this is the first time you come visit since you left. You left 2021. Yeah. Uh, what's your feeling? You left when everyone was messed up. Uh, city was like, you're still, everyone was still doing quarantine. You're here for a very short period of time. But, like, what is Because... Our story, like going back a little bit, we came from Shanghai to open the comedy club for for Live Nation, and it didn't work out. People know the story. R.I.P. Riff. R.I.P. Yeah, I wanted to take you to what it is now, like Petticoat Lane, and you, know, you just cry. It's is so it sad. It's yeah. not like the venue is nice. Like, does it have anything about it reminiscent? Yes, that's what I mean. Like it does because it the does. bar. Yeah, yeah. So the wall between the the bar and the showroom is still there. Well, no, they tore it down. 
Well, they pushed the no, bar no, up I a went bit. in there. Yeah. The day before I left, yeah. by sheer coincidence, mm. someone had me uh, in that building for lunch mm. on the floor downstairs or maybe one or two. Oh, down. you snuck in? We snuck in. Nice. And they, they'd gone back to a bare shell. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think they were always... I mean, I spoke to those guys. Mm. I knew that, I knew that they, they, they called me about it because uh, they helped us get out of our lease. Yeah. And they were always... I mean, I think we gave them the... Uh, like we gave them the idea for the space, like yeah. what to do with it, mm. but but our dimensions weren't right for them. Yeah. So basically, the wall, even though if they tore it down, it's still pretty much in the same place. They may, might have pushed it back a little bit because the showroom is slightly smaller, and yeah. the uh, the bar is now an island bar, so it's much bigger. Yeah. Like sticking out to the other side, but like the balcony is there. The bathrooms are a little different, but I mean, it's the balcony still- was always going to be there. It's part of the structure of the building. Yeah. But it's like, you know, that was our favorite part, You're my like, favorite part. They put part. the balcony back in. <laughs> like they didn't touch it. <laughs> Dude, it's like the foundations are still there as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, it's it's very, like what makes me sad about seeing it, like I've visited a few times now with like people visiting from out of town or whatever. Uh, my gay friends usually, like I take them there. Sure, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it's now with Hong Kong recovering, it's working. And that's the most frustrating part is that like, Oh yeah, we could have had a chance. Like we could have actually made this work because this is a obviously a great location and this is a popular venue now. Yeah, it's tough to spend your time thinking like that. I try not to. I don't I'm living I, here and looking at this fucking thing when you pass by every time. You yeah. Gotta, you I mean, ignore I, it. I don't really naturally I don't really think like that that much, but Yeah. But I do I definitely feel like I put a part of my soul into building the riff. Yeah. It it was a culmination of of so much that I'd learned over eight, ten years, really. Yeah. And I just everything from the mic stand, the lighting, the entrance, the like all of the things. It yeah. was the things we thought about, how the drinks were served, what the kind of drinks there are, you know, like how we ingress the people, how we what the music that we have, the sound system, where we put them during the show, how do we keep them motivated? Yeah. How, how do like, you keep every, them in the flow of people? Who yeah, come, and the shows, the, the intro music that we yeah. have to bring the comedians on, how we structure the shows, how we put on the shows, how we book the shows, like everything. It was just l- the curtaining of the room. Yeah. You know, how do we fill the room? How do we seat the room? How do yeah. we have the seating? What kind of seats do we have? Like all of these things were things that we had tried and tweaked and changed. And we just had this moment where it, it all came together in one. I, I mean, really, it was a perfect venue. Yeah. There's really only minor things that I would change about it if I was going to do it again. Yeah. Um, it was done remarkably close to what the best we could have done was. Yep. And, you know... I mean, the truth of it is also, like, when it. we inked the deal, it was early 2019. It there was, was no protest. the protests. Yeah, exactly. Like a week before. No, and then that's, a, that's obviously a big lease, a big commitment. You don't just come out of it if, yeah. if, if there is risk. And that's the most frustrating part about this venue is that, like, when I tell people the story, they sometimes give me a look or say something that hints at judgment of bad judgment on our part of, of making this deal. Yeah, but they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not worried about that. You know, you, you don't have to look very far to find opinionated people that don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do... I tell you what stands out to me is that I feel like anyone that got to go to a show there was lucky. Yes. And they know it. Yes. 
I, he, I still have people coming to shows until people now. People come up to me and yeah. they're like, man, I, had, I, went, I was there at the Reef. Yep. And we saw some, I mean, the show, I had, it was, everything was good there. So yeah. we were getting like a hundred people into open mics. Yeah. On a, on a Sunday night. In this city. Yeah. Well, oh, also, get, by the way, during COVID sometimes when we were allowed to work, like during COVID, a hundred people coming in to Lang Kwai Fang on Sunday night was nuts. It was just, it was a happening. And it was a time when people really needed to get out and laugh and do something different. You yeah. know, it really, I mean, it was, it was cool, dude. Was uh, last question for you. I'll let you go after. Uh, what is, so you have lived in Asia for 10 years before going back to Australia. 12. 12 years. Uh, what, how long did it take you to basically readjust? Because going back home and a lot of our um, audience are li- like uh, expats. Uh, how long did it take you to just feel like, oh yeah, okay, I live home. It's not just that, because we're all used to moving countries now, right? But you went home. It's like a bit of a different experience. Obviously, you went back with a wife, two kids, and a mother-in-law, all of that. But that adjustment phase, how, how did it work for you? Um, I mean, there's layers to it. Mm. You know, like, first and foremost, people are like, was there an adjustment going back? It's like, yeah, dude, we went into lockdown for four months or something, or three so months. So it felt exactly like China again. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we didn't go back to Melbourne yeah, yeah, we went back to being locked in yeah, our houses. Yeah, I was just joking about China having lockdowns and then going back to Australia. Uh, sure, yeah, 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 sure. But but I but actually we hadn't experienced a lockdown like that here. Right. Yeah. So it was yeah, actually Melbourne had one strict. of the most brutal lockdowns yeah. in the world. Yeah, you guys had cops on the street, like uh, army on the street. No, didn't you? that's just to get off Breitbart news. Oh, is it that not? Didn't happen. No, uh, I heard. I read it on Trump's Twitter. I mean, yeah, there were cops on the street. Oh, like, like I heard it like, from like Rogan. Cops or on the street. You know, <laughs> the cops don't. Like, Rogan literally not said in swimming pools. Rogan literally said the army's on the street. They're like, no, <laughs> no, that that didn't happen. Yeah, most people, by and large, were law-abiding because we understood that there was a logic to what was going on. Right. But it was frustrating. Yeah. You know, no doubt. And so that made the transition weird Mm. already. Um, But after that, you know, I guess like the other thing is like my life changed. You know, when you have kids, your, your life changes more than the change from moving countries. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it was different to when I was there before because I was... Looking after, I was getting up on the every day and look chasing some kids around there. <laughs> yeah, what um, do you miss about uh, like living in China and Hong Kong? I mean, I think when you live away from home, you 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 always have this implicit sense of adventure, mm. and that's gone. Right, and there's a sense of loss about that. That's a small death of a kind. Um, but. Um, it, but it, but equally, if you're, I think like I was away for so long that there's a sense of adventure going back. It's a bit different, but it does feel like I'm in a different, a new place. Mm. Uh, so that's, it's got that. And I mean, I've been back for nearly two years and it still feels like we just got back. You know? That's kind of cool because I feel like that would also re like re uh, what is the right word like reintroduces your love for your own country. Yeah, way, and I'm right? seeing it in a way that I never saw it before. I'd barely exactly. been to Sydney before, and now I go to Sydney like a couple of times a month. Yeah, um, because it sucks. You know? <laughs> uh, and then you know I've been to Darwin. I'd never been to Darwin. I've never been to New Zealand before. I've been mm-hmm. to Auckland and Christchurch and all this stuff. So, so there's you know the life changes and you do different stuff. So there's. You know, there's other revolutions going on beyond me being in a foreign place or whatever. Mm. 
But I mean, I miss being in an expat community. That's an exciting thing where you can just meet people from all around the world and they can have really interesting, you know, backgrounds. I don't miss the transients. Yeah. Now you make friends and they you just know stay going. your friends. <laughs> How weird is <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. I'm like, I've been back for two years. I'm talking to people. I'm like, you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> so when is your farewell? Yeah. Like, so farewell? are we like having a going away? We're going to have like eight going away parties. <laughs> so people's going away parties now in your life are people moving neighborhoods. Pretty much. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah. So, but obviously going back home, because, did you think at some point that when we moved to Hong Kong and before that Shanghai, did you think that like, Oh, this is home. Like, at some point, there was no plan to go back to Australia, right? I didn't have a plan to go back. Right? And now you're back in Australia. Do you feel like, oh, okay, obviously, no one knows where life will take them. But do you think that this is it? Like, you don't want to move again? I mean, it's the kids again, you know. It, it was very hard on them moving back. Yeah. And it's tough to watch your kids go through something really difficult where they lose all their friends and they don't know what they're doing. And my kids w lost their friends and then lived in a lockdown and they forgot how to play with other kids. Yeah. And you take them out in the park and they'll like play near other kids. Yeah. But they wouldn't play with them. And it's like, you're, you're just like, oh my God, I've like messed my kid up or whatever. Yeah. So I just don't think I could do that, do it to them. And yeah. the problem is that you have your roots run so deep in the place that you live. You're getting out again. I mean, me and my wife, we talked about it and we were like, we could both see ourselves living somewhere else again, mm. but not until the kids are much bigger. Right. Okay. Uh, well, until that happens, because I would love to live with you in the same place again. Until that happens, uh, we'll just have to wait for you to come back with all your big, cool shows. Um, how do people find you online? How how do you find the podcast? Do all the plugs and all that cool shit. Yeah, I've got a channel at pornhub.com. Lovely. Slash. <laughs> uh, I mean, check out this one friend podcast. You can check out my Instagram uh, or Andy Curtin and then TikTok, Instagram, this one friend podcast. It's pretty much it. I mean, that's really what all I'm working on these days. Very cool. Uh, Andy, uh, thanks for coming back on the podcast. <laughs> thanks Andy. for having me to my <laughs> house. Uh, love you, buddy. Thanks love, for doing this. Love you too, dude. Cheers. <laughs>